Hi, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and today it's just me. I have had such an amazing run of guests, and I hope you've loved them all as much as I have. Um, but there's so much going on right now in the pop culture universe um, that I felt that I owed it to you guys to really just air all of my thoughts, feelings, and grievances about a variety, a myriad of pop culture topics because I like to think that you guys care what I think. So first and foremost, I just have to say RIP to Luke Perry. That's so sad. Um, Luke Perry holds a very special place in my heart because one of my best friends growing up had a Ken doll of Dylan from 90210, and he was so hot, even as a Ken doll, and she never let me play with him because, like, that was her, like, her dad had to look, like, search high and low for that Dylan doll. And I think he spent a pretty penny. And I was just so sad because we would always make our Barbies, like, fuck the the Ken dolls. And her Barbie got to fuck Dylan and mine had to fuck, like, a boring Ken doll. So I'm I'm so gross. I, I digress. I'm really sad about this. And um, RIP Luke Perry. It's a bummer. Barbies have never been so fun. Um, next, I just want to talk about Danielle Staub. Now, Danielle Staub, I, I recorded this episode over the weekend, okay? And then I re-recorded it because so much pop culture news has broken in like three days that I was like, I that's not fair to the listeners. I have to re-record this. Danielle Staub on, what was it, like Thursday or Friday, news dropped that she was engaged to some guy and she was going to be a duchess, right? A duchess? A countess? I don't know. Um, well, now it. I'm recording this on Monday. Um, the engagement, the whirlwind romance has shockingly fallen through. I think I figured out why Danielle Staub has gotten engaged so many times. I think everyone overcomplicates this. It comes down to the fact that her last name Staub is hideous. It's a terrible last name. It sounds like Stub. So she gets engaged to other men to get a better last name. But then when, you know, they realize how terrible she is, um, although honestly, I thought her and Marty would go the difference, difference. I thought they would go the distance because, um, he was equally terrible, but yeah, all of her romances fall through and I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm not. So, you know, it was kind of like, I feel like I was cock teased a little bit because I was really excited to see what Danielle Staub did with like a royal ish title, but lo and behold, she already fucked it up. So that was fun. Thank you. Next. Now, as far as this Jordan and Tristan stuff goes and Chloe and such as, I'm not really a Kardashian person. I don't watch the show. I can't, I certainly do not keep up. Um, I think it's just daunting because there's so many seasons at this point and they're just so like they've infiltrated every single corner of the world to the point where like if I can choose actively to just take a break, I will. So that's part of why I don't watch the show. Um, I don't follow them on Instagram. Maybe I follow a couple of them. I don't remember who. But so all this Jordan, Tristan, Chloe drama, I have a lot of thoughts. It's kind of a hot take. Bear with me. If you're a new listener, by the way, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so hashtag blessed to have you listening to me speak. And if you like the podcast, head to iTunes and give me a rating and a review. Thanks. Anyways, I'm sorry now if I alienate you. Yes, Jordan fucked up. This Jada Pinkett Smith interview she did was very weird. I felt that she shirked like all responsibility. I felt that she just probably lied. Also like why Jada Pinkett of all the people who could interview her? No tea, no shade to Jada Pinkett Smith. I was just like, oh, that's a choice. Um, 
And I just thought that Jordan, I mean, it's not like I expected her to be like a wordsmith, but I did feel like she kind of sounded like an idiot and didn't really like, if that was supposed to be her redemption, I don't think she accomplished that goal at all. Um, but I will say Chloe is also having an unclear journey and she's allowed, this is all like deeply fucked up, but she like took to Twitter and was like, Jordan, like, why are you lying? Like, blah, 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 blah. And within 24 hours was like, no, I place responsibility on Tristan too. I place a lot of responsibility on Tristan because here's the tea. Jordan Woods is a young, like 21 year old who's very famous and like has a lot of money and like access to way too much as a fucking child. And I know like 21 is technically not a child, but when I think of like the shit that I did when I was 21 and even the shit that I like actively have to try not to do now, as far as like dumb shit that I did and do, if I had been that rich and that famous at 21, like it, I would not have been able to be stopped. So like the fact that Jordan stepped in a huge pile of shit doesn't shock me at all. That being said, Jordan doesn't have a baby. Jordan isn't in a relationship. Fucking Tristan is. Tristan is a bottom feeding piece of shit who's cheated on Chloe before and then stooped so low as to hook up with Kylie's best friend. It was on him to be like, Jordan, absolutely not. That's cute. You're drunk. Go home. I'll call you an Uber. I don't understand how this tryst happened. And I also don't understand how they could be so dumb to think that canoodling at a party in front of a bunch of people wouldn't like get out like a, you know, rampant virus. Like, you know, like Jax Taylor's herpes got to the entire cast of Vanderpump Rules, you know, like it got out and it is a shit show. If Chloe goes back to Tristan, and honestly, I don't think it's off the table because men are emotional terrorists and psychological terrorists, and you might be the most well-adjusted, confident, cool girl in the world, and you keep going back to shit bags. I think we've all been there. So if Chloe goes back to him, I don't think it's off the table, but if she does, I will be very, very, very disappointed. There is speculation that this is all just a publicity stunt, and then in a few years, they'll be like, we forgive Jordan, and that'll be like a whole spread in fucking People magazine. But I don't think so. I think I think this is real. This is coming from a girl, too, who, like, loves The Hills. And even though that show is, like, the most scripted show on the planet, I still like to believe that is real as well. So, like, just let me live, okay? Don't take this away from me. It's weird because I care so much about this, but I also just, like, don't – like, I don't care about them that much, but I care a lot about this specific story. It's very bizarre. Pop culture is amazing. I love it. Also, I just saw a really fucked up new movie trailer. So there's a lot of, like – fucked up movies coming out. We have Us, the new Jordan Peele masterpiece coming out soon that I'm super excited about, but also really afraid to see. We have um, Greta with Chloe Moritz and my favorite non-smiling star, Micah Monroe. And now we have this movie called The Act starring Joey King coming to Hulu with Patricia Arquette. I don't know if you guys know about this. For months, we've seen Joey King like rocking a really cute shaved head on Instagram, and that's not sarcastic. Like she looks really hot with a shaved head, and I wish that I could pull that off. Um, I've been interested about what Joey King's doing pretty much at all times ever since I found out that she was fucking Jacob Elordi and like also dating him, but like fucking him. And so, you know, I like to check in on Joey every now and then, see what's up. I think she's a super talented actress, um, and I'm really excited that The Kissing Booth got a sequel. Um, I wish I could say the same for Sierra Burgess is a loser, but they're never going to get a sequel because I was the only person who liked that movie. Don't at me. So Joey King is going to be in this new movie on Hulu called The Act, and it's based on true events, and Patricia Arquette plays her mom. And she's like 
this girl with like all these sicknesses and like, she's like mentally not developed supposedly. And she has this like really intense, um, health situation, but it turns out that that's not a real thing that Patricia Arquette is like maybe a crazy person, like imposing these illnesses on her, like making it up, like a very much like Vicki Gunvalson Brooks cancer situation where it's just like all totally made up. It also kind of the trailer gives me like Carrie vibes, like where you have like the psycho scary mom and then the like innocent young teenager who like just wants to kiss a boy and like be a real person and her mom like won't let her and like, you know, like ties her up and like locks her in closets and shit. It's like very Carrie adjacent in that way. Um, and it looks really messed up and really scary. And so I'm excited for it. Um, I will say good for Joey King for like shaving her head for a Hulu movie. Not saying that like I would literally take a background role, you know, on like, I don't know, Barney at this point, as far as my acting career goes. Um, but I'm just saying like, I'm such a vain bitch that if I were to shave my head, like and it was a movie that wasn't in theaters, I would be like, please pay me a lot because I'm too vain to shave my head. That's probably why I'm unemployed, to be honest, as an actor. Speaking of employment, you guys, this is just like a little bit of Hannah Brown news. I mentioned in my last episode that I conscious uncoupled with the terrible Armenian brothers that I used to work for at a restaurant, and I got hired at a new restaurant that will remain nameless because I think some things in life should be private. But I got hired at this really awesome new restaurant, and I'm really, really excited about it, and everything works out for the best. Um, let's see. Joey King movie is super excited about it. Now I want to bring up Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, new York is my all-time favorite franchise, and like, thank fuck that it comes back on Wednesday because I've been feeling this really intense void. Um, this season of Vanderpump Rules has been a little bit slow, but I would say like my holy trinity when it comes to Bravo is when Beverly Hills, New York and Vanderpump Rules is like all airing at the same time. That's like when I'm my highest self. Um, so I'm really excited for New York to come back, but Beverly Hills is like starting with a bang. Now I never thought it got that bad. People were getting pretty bored by it. I enjoy it no matter what, because Beverly Hills, yes, the drama doesn't always deliver, but also it's like you, you also watch it for, like, the houses and the clothes and the traveling and the crazy hairstyles. Like, you watch it because it's just such an escape because, Beverly, like, what's normal in Beverly Hills is, like, literally so fucking insane to everybody else. Um, but this season, like, there's all that and then amazing drama. So the season opens with Ken being like, goodbye, Kyle, which, like, literally stressed me out so much. I felt like I was being yelled at through my TV. It was kind of like when Tyra Banks yelled at Tiffany and was like, be quiet, Tiffany. You know, I was rooting for you. It was like that where I felt like I was being personally attacked and I wasn't even there. I was just sitting in my bed. But I'm really excited to see like how we got to that point. Um, some of the arguments, I mean, like some of the fights this season are I'm unclear on. Like only in Beverly Hills would we have a storyline, like a multi-episode arc about Lucy Goosey, Apple Juicy or that whatever dog. I'm happy that the dog is okay. But to me, it's like, I just don't care. Like, the dog's fine. Dorit made a misstep. I mean, she also made a misstep with her, like, permed little 80s hairstyle. You know, Dorit's not perfect. Um, she also made a misstep ever going down on PK because I think he's hideous. Um, God, God, I'm being really savage this week. Um, but, yeah, I don't care. It's kind of like the season of Real Housewives of New York where Cindy Barship had, like, a really sad party in Quag. And it became like a storyline, like over a series of episodes that no one wanted to go to Quag and everyone thought her party sucked. And like that didn't have to last that long. The fact of the matter was like 
No one did want to go to Quag. I didn't want to go to Quag, and I wasn't even invited. The party did suck, Cindy. So my thing is, like, yes, Dorit fucked up. Yes, she should have just brought the dog back to Vanderpump Dogs. But, like, I said this on Danny Pellegrino's podcast. That queen who runs Vanderpump Dogs, I don't even remember his name because I don't care. He is, like, so thirsty for screen time. Like, the fact that he, like, pranced out with the dog to begin with and in front of the camera, I was like, this was Dorit's dog. Like, I don't want to see a storyline that's not only not interesting, but propelled forward by that like bitchy man who works at Vanderpump Dogs. I just don't care. He has a bitchy face and this isn't drama that I care about. Drama that I do care about though is the stuff with this sympathy card from the last week. So here's what's up. All the ladies were on vacation in the Bahamas, which by the way, that entire vacation is like pornographic for me. Like I just want to be on an island with my girlfriends in chic bikinis and cover-ups, eating food, drinking booze, doing all the fun things. Um, But LVP is like noticeably in a weird headspace because, oh, I don't know, her brother just died. And not only just died, but like killed himself. So that is like mentally, I think, even harder to wrap your head around. Um, And so she, at this lunch, says something to Erica about how she was disappointed in the card that Erica sent her. Now, I've talked about this with a couple people. The argument is they're not friends, they're coworkers, which I totally get. But also, like, as someone who's lost somebody before, if you're a new listener, I lost my mom a few years ago. So as someone who's lost someone really close to me before, I do think you get a lot of, like, text messages and notes that just say, like, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, you're in my thoughts, my condolences. The fact of the matter is, like, Erica Jane didn't come up with one original thought in that note. She just regurgitated a million cliches that you put in a sympathy card. And I know it's awkward, and I know that no one has the right thing to say. But honestly, I think it would be even more refreshing if someone wrote that in a sympathy card. Like, I don't know what to say. This must be really terrible for you, and I'm thinking of you. Just keep it 100, man. And the fact that Erica while she's flying her fucking glam squad to the Bahamas, couldn't even go to paper source and pick out a nice sympathy card. It was on her fucking personal stationery that sits in her desk all the time. Like, send her some flowers. We know you can afford it. You know, it's just weird. It's weird. It's weird. Also, like, I should say, I am always a bigger fan of Erica Jane than Lisa. I had a very, very brief interaction with Erica Jane, and she was lovely. I only see what is on the TV show. What is on the TV show, though, I think she could have done a little better. I do. Um, And then for everyone to sort of jump on Lisa, it really sucks because it's like, it's like Lisa's done shitty things in the past, and so people have all these like pent-up resentments, but I also feel like personally attacking her when she just lost her brother is just like fucking low. Like Lisa Rinna, again, had a brief interaction with her, was not a fan at all. Um, which sucks because I loved her on the show, but she was bitchy in person. Like Lisa Rinna to stir the pot and like egg, egg this shit on when Lisa's dealing with that is just like hideous. And honestly, I don't, I don't judge Lisa for getting to a point where she's just like, fuck this and fuck you guys and leaving the show. Again, I only see what I see, but when someone like died, that kind of changes everything. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Now, next, next, next. Um, I had like a rough few weeks. This isn't pop culture. This is just like me stuff. I had a rough few weeks where I was just feeling really, really low and I'm an anxious person and I also have depression. Um, and I do this thing where I will get into a negative headspace and then I will list all the things that are wrong with my life. And then I will snowball and snowball and snowball until I feel like I am 
in my own fucked up version of the sunken place and I just can't get out. Um, and that kind of came to a head a couple weeks ago. I got in a drunken uh, rage that was uncalled for around people that I love very much. And so I sort of had to like face myself and like get my shit together. So that was like a couple weekends ago. I woke up like the, the day after everything was resolved and was like, all right, I'm going to move forward with a different mindset because it's all perspective really. And that night I worked an Oscar party and it was amazing because I saw like Steven Spielberg and Alfonso Cuarón and I was around all these Oscars and I like totally cried because I was like, I have these like very specific memories of being a kid in the Midwest, like eating pizza in my best friend Anna's living room, like watching the Oscars every year and always crying during the in memoriam montage, even though I didn't know who the fuck half of any of those people were. And always making like a speech into my shampoo bottle in the shower the next day, like fully crying. I like have all these specific memories. And even though I was like working an event, like an Oscars event, it was like you I could have thought of it as like, what a bummer, I'll never be at the Oscars. But instead I was like, oh my God, this is the closest that I've ever fucking been. Like I'm working an Oscar party in LA, and that in and of itself has been a dream for so long. So I was like, that's amazing. So I decided to kind of keep that positivity train going, and it has been working out great. I mean, I got that new job. And then the coolest thing that happened to me, the coolest thing, was that my sweet, sweet prince, Danny Pellegrino, invited me to go to a screening of the season premiere of Better, Better Things Season 3 on FX. If you don't watch it, it's amazing. I'm finally all caught up on the first two seasons. Um, it's on Hulu. Just DM me. I'll give you my login. Just kidding. Um, and it's starring Pamela Adlon. And I didn't really know anything about it, but I was like, I'm going to go to this fucking cool event because duh. Um, and I love Danny. So I went and was like totally inspired by the episode, totally inspired by her. And she, her entire team is women. So she has a female key grip, which there are like five female key grips like in the fucking country. Her AD is female, script supervisor, everyone. And they were just like a badass panel of ladies who answered all these amazing questions. And then after I briefly got to talk to her and she like totally inspired me, we shared like an embrace. We got a cute pic. And I literally was like, oh my God, I am the luckiest person in the world in this moment. And I went back and watched the first two seasons. And I'm like, all my friends are like enough because I'm a broken record and keep like referring to the show and how amazing it is. It kind of like filled the emotional void that I had when Girls was over where like that show just like spoke to me on such like a deep visceral level. Say what you want about Lena Dunham. A lot of the show I thought was very, very good. I identified with it at least. I mean, it's about privileged white girls. So like, of course I identified with it. I'm not proud of that, but I can admit it. So this show sort of filled the void in that it like gave me all the feels, but also made me laugh and it put me in the best mood and you guys need to go back and watch it. Um, any other like things about my life? Not really. I like, it sucks. Cause I already went to the meat of like what I was going to talk about. I was going to, I forgot. I was going to start with the episode by being like, Oh my God, my laundry is broken in my building right now. And I had to go to the doctor for three hours today, but I feel clean as a whistle and very healthy. Um, so yeah, I don't really have that much else to talk about. This was sort of just a little palate cleanser, a little state of the union, a little amuse-bouche. We've had such an amazing run of guests. Um, and I thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and giving me feedback. Um, that's pretty much it for me. I do want to encourage you guys, though, please, please, if you haven't, um, feel free to head to iTunes and give me a rating and a review. If you have any ideas, people you want to you want me to try and get on, um, thoughts, questions, concerns, feel free to email me at browneyedunicorn at gmail.com. If you don't follow me yet, follow me on Instagram at Hannah A. Brown and Twitter. Um, 
And yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, those of you who are new and have been DMing me and getting caught up, thank you so, so much. It really means the world. It's all, as Sheena, Sheena Marie Shea once said, it's all happening. And I love you so much. And um, thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week. Bye.